Welcome to the Live Well, Perform Better podcast, brought to you by Below the Line. My name is David Duggan, and I am part of a team made up of experts from the worlds of business, elite sport, adventure, and health and well-being. We are coaches, mentors, and advisors to some of the world's biggest companies and organizations, as well as smaller businesses, entrepreneurs, and people looking to make their mark on the world. Our guiding mantra at Below the Line is live well, perform better. What does that mean, you might ask? Good question. Maybe the easiest way to describe it from our perspective is finding the formula that works for you when it comes to things like looking after your physical and mental health, running your business, developing your career, leading your people, or simply being able to show up as brilliantly as possible into your own life, both for yourself and those around you. That's why each week I sit down with a member of our team or an invited guest for a conversation that focuses on the question, what do the words live well, perform better mean to you? This question is a way into exploring with people from a range of different backgrounds, industries and disciplines, what are the practices, techniques, habits or ideas that they use to help them to show up and be at their best in all areas of their lives, whether that's as CEOs, leaders or managers, or as parents, family members or friends. We keep it short and sweet so that you can extract all the good stuff and get on with the rest of your day and hopefully put some of this knowledge, experience and expertise into play for yourself. This week, I am joined by a very special guest, my good friend, Tomas O'Rourke. Tomas has dedicated much of his life and energy to the field of education, where he has enjoyed several careers over the course of his working life, from secondary school teacher and university lecturer, to educational leader and policymaker in various roles across the Irish civil service. Outside of his career, Tomas is a poet and writer, and most importantly, a husband and father. And joining the dots between all these aspects of his life is a search for greater meaning and understanding of both himself and the world around him. Something that becomes instantly apparent from even the shortest interaction with this warm, engaging and inspiring person. Tomas's advice for how to live well and perform better is that we should surrender to our glorious, vulnerable selves. And in this conversation, you will hear and learn why he holds this belief and how he tries to connect with this idea and bring it into his own life and work. You can subscribe at www.belowtheline.ie where you can stay up to date with our podcast as well as exclusive online events and sessions including our Press Pause coaching community and our story coaching programs. Thanks for listening and see you next week. So yeah, um, why do you do what you do? Why do I do what I do? What do I do, I suppose, is the first answer to that. Um, so I work in education. Uh, I would be regarded as a, probably a, a systems leader. Um, but I'm also a father. I'm also a husband. I'm a poet. And I'm probably nothing as well. Kind of, you know, there, there's an inner core. So why do I, do I poetry? Why, why, why do I, why, why did I marry? And, and why do I do what I do in, in my professional space? I, I seem to have an innate um, hunger to connect. Um, to I, 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 I grow in connection with others, in relationship with others. So I put myself in spaces where I, I either have to do that or I really want to do that. So be it getting married um, or having children, as my father said to me years ago, his wife had given him not just five kids, but five friends. Um, I uh, go out and socialize because I connect with people and having chats and so on. And the same with education. Education is about people helping people to learn. 
it is simplest. So I like connecting, tech others connect in education. Um, so I've gone, haven't gone from being a teacher to a lecturer in a college of education to being on policy uh, boards like the NCCA. It's progressively working into a space of how can I help others connect more and more uh, to, and I do that, but what's the purpose of all of that? Well, it's, it's, it's the same really, isn't it? Um, uh, I want to unveil and unlock more of who I truly am. I don't know who that is, but I, I know I want to do that. And it's the same in terms of my endeavor in education that I want to try and help work with others to foster a landscape and a space where others can do the same. That's why I do what I do. As I've known you, that's something that's always kind of come across to me. Um, that there's a, a searching going on with you or in you, would that be true, fair, accurate? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Peter Moan um, said to me in a very, a very memorable conversation here. I was here in this very room, actually. And he said, I've always had a feeling with you, Tomas, that you're on a quest. And it, it's like one of those things people say to you, 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 you haven't formed that thought before, but it actually makes sense when they say it. But then, of course, and of course, I, I love science fiction and fantasy. So wizards and magic and quests is all a big part of that. And one of my favorite books, which Peter also said, you know, what's your favorite book? And, and look to that. What is trying to teach you? One of my favorite books is Ursula Le Guin's Wizard of Earthsea trilogy. But that very book, if, as, if, if, as I say that to you now, David, the biggest mistake anyone could make is you're on a quest or pursuit of something out there. Whereas the whole journey of Jed, the character in that trilogy, is about the journey inward. Yeah, he fights dragons, he travels around the world, but the real journey he goes on is to, into his soul. Uh, and that's the most challenging of all. So that, that's the kind of quest I think I'm on in the sense of it's, 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 it's spherical. It's not even up, down, forward, backwards. It's all of those. So it's spherical. Um, and it's trying to, what Mark Nepo talks about in uh, Drinking from a River of Light, we're always being and becoming. So there's a being within us, our inner soul, life being what it is, there's nothing wrong, but we add layers. So we're a teenager, we're, et cetera. We, we either get married or we don't, we have a partner, et cetera. We, we have a job, all that. Those are all layers. And the quest is very often, very often, sometimes even just standing still, like David Wagner talks about in the poem Lost, stand still, the forest knows where you are and stripping back the layers, even for a while. They might grow back, that, that's, that, that's life. Mm. But stripping the back in a moment of awe, like I, you know, what, what's there? I went, I went jogging this morning at seven o'clock and the stars were out. Mm. And I was like, oh, wow. Now, it's just light coming from millions of years ago. <laughs> if you think about it, <laughs> but for some reason, we all go, wow. So that, that's, that's the out there piece, but it's the inner quest is the really interesting one, I think. Our, our strap line, as you know, in, in Below the Line is, is live well, perform better. Um, but what does that mean to you? Yeah, let's think about that, actually. Because I'm not a super athlete, to be very clear. <laughs> so, so performance is interpreted in Me terms either. of your, your, your best in the fight. I, I do jog, I walk, I do stretches and yoga and all that kind of stuff. So I don't see performance in that sense. And the, the, the little words I would insert in that slogan for the purposes of the answer would be live well so as to perform better. Because I, I, for up until my 20s, I was very focused on performing better in academic terms. So I was that A student, I hit the books, 
studied, you know, every hour God sent me, getting top, top marks, uh, grades in, in, in college and so on. And I did, I, one of my epiphanies was, so that was perform, 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 always perform. And in my HDIP year, which is my fifth and final year in college, I swore myself an oath on my very last exam that I would never do another exam as long as I lived. I can remember standing up in the UCD sports hall, very you know, ceremoniously closing the script paper and saying, that is it, I'm not doing this anymore. Because I'd gone from leaving cert to first arts, every year was termed in exams, this constant pressure. I'm having to prove myself to an anonymous other very often, or maybe you might know the lecture or whatever. And I said, this is not, this is not me. And then life, you know, I, mean, I had met Sarah at that stage. Uh, we got married relatively young. I was a father by 27. Um, and, that, and our daughter was a week in hospital in ICU, which was a huge trauma that we can process properly. And I think without any grand design, I was focused more and more on living well and not worrying about the performance as such. And ironically, finding one looks after the other. The, the concept of winter link, but if you focus on the performance, you know, Johnny Wilkinson talks about this in his podcast. Um, it, that's burnout territory in my experience. And I, I emphasize my experience. Um, I, I, I have been there. Um, so I, I think I like the order of the, of the slogan. because it, But for me, the, the piece that it, it, it's not missing, but the piece I would add in the middle is live well so as to perform better. Um, I remember doing an assignment in sociology or education in HDIP and really enjoying it. And the lecturer uh, was giving the assignment back. He said, well done, a really good essay. And she goes, you ever think of doing a master's in sociology? And what I even think? And I said, no. And she says, why? And I said, because I've had enough of book learning. I want to get out there. Now I, I, I am ready to go. Yeah. Um, I'm ready to live. Uh, and I think I've found living in relationship with others is immensely fulfilling in and of itself. Uh, there's Khalil Gibran, Gibran's line, let there be no purpose in friendship save the deepening of the spirit. And so there's, there's spin-offs and, you know, but for me, it's really more and more about that. And if you're, if you're fulfilled in that way and you're being grown in that way, well, the growth, the performance, will, well, it won't quite look after itself, depending because, you know, that's the application and targets mm -hmm. and so that's the space you're in, but one begets the other. It's a hygiene factor. If you don't live well, you ain't going to perform, in my experience. Yeah. Yeah. And it also sounds to me, listening to you talk there, I would link that back to the theme of connection that you spoke about earlier. Oh, yeah. Because it's all connected. Yeah. It's all connected. If you're, as it's my coach Ian says, you know, uh, the issue is never the issue. So you might think things are popping and working. Oh, my God. What? Blah, blah, blah. But something else in your life that you're not processing, like the trauma of our, of our daughter's birth. Yeah. She's 18 now, all is well. But I don't think we process that properly for years. And it was popping in different stress points and so on. I'm not a psychologist. I didn't go to any psychologist. Maybe I should have. But yeah, no, it is all connected. It is. It, it, we, we are. I remember actually it was a, a guy who was doing a master class in leadership a couple of years ago. And he said, there's no such thing as a work-life balance. And I went, excuse me? <laughs> I was going to give him a piece of my mind. And he said, he said it's a life-life balance. And he went on to say, and actually, not to my chagrin, but life has reminded me again and again how right he was. He says, you are the same person getting up in the morning, having your breakfast, getting in the car, the bus as in those days, going to work, coming home. You are, it is you. Um, and it, it's one, one of my biggest growth points as a leader has been 
the thing about layers again, you know, this thing of where people said to me in the past after 360 exercise, people aren't seeing the real youth most. You need to let that out a lot more. So it's, it's, it's not about a persona, I must be the CEO, I must be this, I must be the other. You don't have to be anything, you just have to be you. Yeah, yeah. I also remember hearing something at a seminar or something I was at and on the work-life balance thing, someone was saying, don't, don't work, don't look for balance, look for alignment. Um, yes. And I went, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, back to your theme of connection. Yeah. You know, if that's what you're trying to do in all areas of your life, I mean, there's a there's a kind of a quick fire route to alignment, hopefully. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and you mentioned as well. So you're not an athlete. Ne- neither am I. Um, and the perform better piece. You're right. It's it's that's. Um, it's whatever you kind of want it to mean, or there's a, there's a, a looseness around that interpretation. But in terms of, you know, practices, habits, you mentioned things like jogging, and, and I know you're a writer and all that type of stuff, but what are the, what are the practices or the habits, behaviors that you, you do engage in to help with the, the live well piece of, uh, yeah, yeah, of all yeah. that? I guess, yeah, no, they are connected in fairness, uh, David. So things have changed over the years. Uh, where I'm at now, um, I think there's a huge importance to time for self. Mm. So I get up typically six o'clock in the morning during the week. Um, and I would spend a good up, up to an hour sometimes um, reading. Now it could be poetry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say some prayers. That's just me. Um, but I would, I'll take time. I could be on, I'm more often not on my own in that. So Sarah and the girls would still be in bed. Then I will, so every second morning I do a jog. The other morning I'm doing yoga stretches and some resistance band routine or whatever. So there's a, it's a come back to, in, in, in summary, a routine whereby you do prioritize yourself, not in a selfish way, but give yourself time every day. I, I used to work on the basis of, oh, I'll collapse over the line at the end of, of a period of work of weeks and annual leave will, will have to recharge the batteries. And I very quickly realized in this job in particular, that was not going to be tenable. I was burning out too much. Um, you can't just be work, 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 work. Uh, and I'll give the family the time at the weekend or I give the family the time when I'm, when I'm off for the two weeks. That is just not tenable. You're going to eat your soul alive if you do that, in my experience. Um, so routine, time for self. Uh, I do think there's an importance to beauty um, for everybody. I think to, to take in the sky, take in the stars, read something beautiful, watch something beautiful, listen to something. It could be, could be music. Um, and everyone's taste of beauty differ, but they do think you need a bit of beauty in your life. Mary Oliver has this lovely line in the Kingfisher poem, how can there be a day in your whole life, a day in your whole life that doesn't have its splash of happiness? So that there's that. Um, I think certainly also uh, the, the focus on people and caring about people, uh, both delivers better performance but it's also more sustaining. And regular breaks during the day, especially during COVID, we are sitting in front of a screen all the time. Um, you, you need to st- stand up, stretch your legs, five minutes, grab a coffee, I'll talk to Sarah downstairs, wherever it might be. Um, and regular sleep, definitely. I, I was not the best bunny in that brigade for a number of years. So if I get up early, you go to bed early. Um, and uh, regular reflection time. It was bite-sized nuggets throughout the day. Um, and then the poetry has been, my, they, I think expressing yourself is important. However that might be, people that's playing music or others that might be uh, presenting, you know, leading teams, be, being that person. But there's some way you need to connect with yourself that way and let it out. Let it unblock. 
it was a, it was a phrase I came up with a, at a retreat last week with someone else, and we both found actually for us life has been about unblocking, uh, and that means writing, walking, getting into a flow. Mm-hmm. Um, the the hour long kind of in the mornings was that something that you've been doing for a long time, or did it kind of um, arrive? Say I know for a lot of people, like even myself included, COVID gave time back to me for some mm-hmm. of that stuff. But would that would that be the case for you? Yeah, it, it, my habits have changed over the years. Uh, that early, that getting up that early and doing that, I used to probably get up early at half six, but go straight into maybe breakfast and big long breakfast, or whatever. But I think the, the the pandemic has changed my habits hugely. I, I wasn't jogging before the pandemic. I was going to the gym, for example. Um, so jogging, that outdoors activity, it was important. And the hour long thing probably came. So I was probably building towards it incrementally. I remember in front of some meditation or reflection. I was doing maybe a short routine in the morning, maybe 10, 15 minutes. But I think the whole thing of actually creative writing, reading, writing more. I, re- I would read a lot, but reading creative writing and then trying out expressing. And that time in the morning um, came during the pandemic. Uh, so it's really only kind of embedded in about the last year and a half, two years. Um, and talk to me about the writing, because that is something that I have seen kind of blossom um, or kind of bloom in you over the last kind of, yeah, 18 months or so. And uh, I'm just curious to know what's it been like to, if you like, yeah, uncork that bottle for yourself or uh, unblock. It's been extraordinary, really. Um, because I, I, I had a great love of poetry in school, of, of, of reading it, um, and, and, and in college as well, in Irish language. But my sister, my elder sister, I always regarded as she had a real talent for rhyming. You could have write a poem like that in terms of rhyming poetry. And I told myself, and this is interesting, I kind of, I, well, I can't do that. I couldn't possibly, just, I can't come up with it, just can't. That's what I was telling myself. And I would have written, I remember one poem I was in second year about my grandparents, and it was one of the first excellent comments I got from an English teacher. I was like, oh my God, this is brilliant. But over the period of 30 years, I would say I read about five poems. I was in that space of, oh, a poem must be found. It must occur to you that probably you can't go digging. And I engaged with my coach. I had a reasonably tough time at work uh, in different ways. And at the front, I kind of did the side of it. He said, you have a book in you. You, you, you go. And I, I knew everyone says that. So it's most, you definitely have a book in you. And I said, hmm. So there's the invitation, there's the encouragement. I do a creative writing thing. I was about prose, ironically. And I then started experimenting with poetry. And for me, it's been about naming the unnameable. So if, if, if stress comes from the unknown and, oh, my God, what am I going to do with this? Or why am I feeling this way? See, even sometimes how to describe your feelings. There's certain sensations I you know, have from time to time and it tired doesn't cause it. Cranky doesn't cause it. And it's, it's, it's like this unnameable thing. And I have found a remarkable power of release or unblocking. But actually, it mightn't be the only name that sensation has, but actually... I, like I wrote a poem called Hollow Lonely about that sensation where you feel drained. Mm. And you name it, and the name might not be the full name, but actually there's a release that comes with that. It doesn't solve anything, it doesn't fix anything, because that, that sensation will come back. But it's more, it's it's like a companion then nearly, because you've named it. So there's it's about connecting with life, really. Uh, it's been for me in terms of unblocking, naming, or and even capturing occasions of joy or the impact people have in your life, your kids, your friends, or whatever, and you write about them in it because poetry was seen in a new way. And then it's done. You can't. You, it, it's written. Um, 
and you and it's like these kind of <clears throat> pebbles you're leaving behind you and you can always look back and pick them up again so that's what po poetry is about i think connecting better with life connecting better with yourself so naming that unnameable um and there's a then there's a spirit of of of, of uh companionship can also come for it because there are those who write poetry those who like listen to poetry and they give you feedback and so on so it's about connection to us and then last question um anyone um who's listening to this and has been uh, inspired or you know having something if you like uh, triggered in them around living well perform better um do you have any advice for anyone or one piece of advice something that you kind of think definitely works for you or you would encourage people to think about or consider well when i saw that question the first word that came to mind was surrender. And I said, hmm, let's unspool that a bit. And I would say surrender to your vulnerable, glorious self. And surrender to the glorious, vulnerable others in your life. Um, go with the flow. Um, doesn't mean you don't do anything. It doesn't mean you don't paddle the oars. But I think the more I surrender in life, the better it gets. So, um, yeah, that's what I would say. Surrender. Surrender to what? To yourself, to others. Surrender to... Surrender to... Um, surrender to the currents that, that flow around you. Because what's that question I think David Griffin talks about? Um, instead of saying, why is this happening to me? What is this doing for me? What is it trying to teach me? That's surrendering to it. You know, actually, instead of fighting all the time, instead of opposing, even you might kind of almost step back um, and say, well, I'm not going to you know, there's, there's passive opposition as well, where it's just you don't engage and you're kind of almost fighting with yourself. And there, there, there is a freedom comes with surrender um to because really uh, as someone said to me before and then i mean the best possible way do you do you actually know tomas how loved you are i think if everyone asked that question of themselves I think a very different view would open up so when you surrender you're not surrendering to the void you're not surrendering to absolute uncertainty you're actually surrendering to there's a massive web of connections around you you would only see it um and when you actually fall into that web um there's more built around it again so it's, it's surrender so as to rise. If you live well, so as to perform better, you surrender so as to rise. Um, so that, that the surrender to that web of connections is the people in your life, the, the world around you. Um, it seems strange for a CEO or a former CEO and you know, a senior leader to be saying that, um, but actually a counterintuitive as it sounds, and I'm not saying I understand it fully either, but the first word was surrender. And I think it's that sense of um, stop fighting everything. It's not, it's not about fighting. It's not about opposition. It's about actually, there's so much joy around you. There is also sorrow too, but they come together. And you've, as I think I said before to others, sorrow comes from a place of love. Because if you didn't love what's around you, you wouldn't feel sorry when it's gone. So surrendering to that loss of loved ones, for example, grief, grief is a strange one, isn't it really? But, you know, you, you grieve them. If, if grief, well, grief comes all consuming, that's the tricky territory. Yeah. But if you surrender to the fact, well, they're gone, they might be there in other ways too. 
but they're gone the way you knew them. And you have to you have to let go at times. So I think life is about connecting and letting go. Yeah. Surrender. Fantastic. Well, whether it's the prosaic to the profound, there's always poetry in everything you say. So thank you very, very much for your time and for mm-hmm. uh yeah, it's it's great to well, it's a privilege and a pleasure to get to know well to know you, Tomas, and the yeah, the, the 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 blossoming of the poetry over the last year and a half has been inspiring too. So thanks a million. Well, thank you for helping to create the space in which that can happen. Thanks so much.